Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Heck Yeah Comics Podcast. This is a continuation of our interview series that we are doing every month, and this week we got a chance to talk to Beth Revis. Not as I incorrectly call her at the beginning, Beth Revis. I want to apologize to her once again. She was great on the podcast. She is an author who wrote the Across the Universe series, uh, the Paper Hearts series. Notably, she has written Rebel Rising, which is in the new Star Wars EU, and for IDW, a comic about Padme and Ahsoka, which is still in that EU framework, which is how we kind of got in touch with her. And it, it was really fun to talk about working in that space and, um, and what it's like to work on a comic for the very first time, which is also another reason I wanted to to talk to her. Um, I really hope that she'll do more comic projects in the future and we get a chance to sit down and talk with her yet again. I'm not going to prattle on too much, but I will say that we are still trying to figure out who we're going to talk to next. If you have an idea, please send it to heckyeahcomics at gmail.com or tweet at us at heckyeahcomics. Unfortunately, Nick cannot be here for this one due to scheduling reasons. We're going to work on having him on more of these in the future, but just want to let you guys know. And Beth's internet was not the best at times, and my computer decided to make a noise. So there's a, a couple of technical bumps in this episode, but you're going to still be able to enjoy it. Um, I'm, I'm going to stop prattling on now and just let you guys enjoy this episode, a conversation with Beth Revis, and we will see you next week. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Beth Revis, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. That now this is uh this is exciting. We're talking today uh, primarily because you recently uh, it was recently released um, the Star Wars Forces of Destiny, Ahsoka, and Padme. Uh, and part of the reason that I want to talk to you as well is that. From what I could tell, this is your first comic book that you've written. Is that correct? It is. It's my first comic ever. So what was that like? <laughs> you know, <laughs> It was amazing. Um, it was a little intimidating. When I first found out that I had the opportunity to pitch for the story, um, I did not know comic book formats or anything. I just I, I know how to write a synopsis, so I sent that in. And as soon as I found out that they chose to let me write this story, I was calling my friends who write comics. I'm like, help me, I don't know what script format is, and I don't know what I'm doing. So we very quickly kind of like a crash course in how to write comics as fast as possible. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that's that's good. You had some people to rely on to help you out with that. Uh, so you, uh, I mean, I, I have, I'm so very curious about just writing for Star Wars. Um, but you said it, it, it kind of sounded like uh, you were asked to pitch for the story. Is that right? Yes, yeah. Um, the new Star Wars Adventure comic had just started up with the IDW, and I had done work with Rebel Rising previously. Mm -hmm. um, so I sent in a couple pitches, including some dealing with Jin, some dealing with other characters, and uh, this is the one that ended up taking. Okay. Um, now, writing with, you know, the Star Wars canon, people are very um, protective of, I think is the best okay. way of saying that. Uh, so what is it like to write for a franchise that is so well-guarded? Yeah, uh, I think there's a lot of intimidation on my part because I'm also a huge fan. I grew up with these stories. They are mm -hmm. a part of my childhood. They are a part of my psyche. Um, so I, I always approach it with this attitude of, I, 
first do no harm. Like I, I can't mess up the story. <laughs> I have to do this right for my, my fellow Star Wars fans. Um, but then once I did Rebel Rising, um, which is the story of Jen Erso from Rogue One, and I worked directly with Story Group, I realized that literally every single person involved with Lucasfilm Publications right now, from the security guard I met when I walked through the door all the way up to the Story Group themselves, they all love Star Wars so much. Hmm. And it feels like a safety net of just a huge group of people who love Star Wars that is going to make sure that the stories being told are the right stories. That's awesome that's i mean that's great to hear um yeah, well, yeah story group I, I just love that that is their name by the way that they are the, <laughs> the story group uh yes. <laughs> so when uh since you've worked with them before on rebel rising what was it like kind of in that in that initial process um how did you get involved with that oh with rebel rising mm-hmm. um my they they approached my agent um which was a huge honor for me. Like I didn't even know Star Wars knew who I was, but <laughs> they came to my agent and offered me a story. And at the time, all we knew was that it was going to be for the anthology story. And I didn't even know that it was going to be Jen or so. I was told that it was about the Felicity Jones character. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was the mystery and I automatically accepted it. I was like, I don't care anything with Star Wars. I'll do it. Um, and I flew out the story group and was able to read the Rogue One uh script early oh, wow. and talk about the ideas yeah it was amazing <laughs> and then i had to not say anything right. for more than half a year oh geez <laughs> so, um but the story group they they were really open to ideas it was one of the best experiences i've had working with publishers they they care about the story they care about star wars but they're also very open to letting the author tell the story that she wants to tell which was fantastic Okay. Uh, when you read the script, I imagine you had to read it probably on property. Yes. <laughs> not, not allowed to leave the room. Yeah, it was it was very well guarded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, with working with Story Group now, pitching your so you you knew it was going to be about uh, this character. Now that we know Jin Urso, uh, and I am curious what level the author has influence and what, you know, did, did you ever have an idea, I guess, that you came to them with and they said, well, that doesn't really work with what we have and kind of nixed it or did that not really happen? They're, they're very open to letting the author tell the story. Um, I was given parameters, which made completely complete sense. Um, I was told, you know, if you've seen the Rogue One movie, there's a moment where Jin or so is a, a child who's hiding and Saw Guerrera comes to take her and then it flashes to her in prison basically my book is everything in that flash forward um so my book had the perimeters of it starts here and it ends here and that was pretty much it they they let me do whatever i wanted within those confines and there were a few things that i wanted to do that wouldn't fit for whatever reason and it was never a matter of oh we're going to tell the story for you it was always a matter of well there's something else that's in the works dealing with this character so this won't work or the time doesn't match up, so it won't work there. So it's never a matter of them dictating the story. There were some things I had to change to fit within the wider universe. Okay. All right. So it didn't sound like there was actually too much they told you, no, you can't do that. It was more like you had to yeah. rework ideas in order to make it fit in what you had. Right, right. Like, I, I really wanted to put Dr. Afra in there somewhere, <laughs> uh, but it just didn't work out with the, the connotations of the story. But I tried really hard. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I'm actually right now I'm reading the Thrawn trilogy for the first time. Mm-hmm. It, it is my first, uh, 
you know, venture out into any of the EU stuff. And this is, you know, legends. Uh, and it's, it is just so fascinating to see the way this world expands beyond the screen and uh, the ideas, mm-hmm. you know, the movies, which are great. I love the movies, but the movies also have to make sure they're kind of keeping that appeal to the wider audience uh, mm-hmm. where the stories and the books, like they can go into some, those are the dedicated people who are going to read those. So they can go in some really interesting yeah. avenues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they uncover a lot of, a lot of stuff that there's just no time in a movie. Right. Yeah. Uh, did you, were you a fan of like the EU stuff before? Had you ever read any of the, the novels or any of that? Yeah, as growing up, um, my friend and I, my best friend in high school, we read all of the Young Jedi Academy books. Okay. Um, we passed them back and forth on the school bus because she <laughs> had some and I had some. And we couldn't afford to buy the whole collection, to, so we had to share. Um, but those were my favorites was the Young Jedi Academy. Um, I actually approached Thrawn much later, like you did. That, that was my first, like, as an adult, I went back to Thrawn. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, with the, the comic that came out... Um, Last week, at this point, uh, the Ahsoka and Padme. So you pitched for this. So these are two characters that you know and have a love for. Yes, yes, absolutely. I was going to say I had done a lot of um, Clone Wars, the cartoon series, uh, research for Rebel Rising in order to really get Saw Guerrero's background. Um, so I, of course, had the Ahsoka storyline in with that. So I had been wanting to do Ahsoka for a while. Yeah, Ahsoka is just is this really cool character that I I think has gotten the closest in a lot of the EU characters to kind of breaking into the mainstream. Yeah. Yeah, I I I'm I know she's never going to appear on on the big screen in any sort of live action movies, but I kind of wish that she would <laughs> somehow. I know. I, I would love for that to happen. That was just wonderful. <laughs> um you so far have gotten to write some of the really strong badass women of star wars yes (laughs) um are there any others that you're you're looking to get a shot at i um i was the same question at star wars celebration last year and i had a whole answer pitch i was like i would love to write a young adult version of princess leia i would love to write her before she meets han as the rebellion is growing and immediately after that, within five minutes, uh, Lucasfilm Publishing announced that uh, Claudia Gray was writing oh, Leia no. Princess of Alderaan. <laughs> so as much as I would have loved to have written that story, I do love Claudia's work. So she she did the character justice. I'm just going to die of envy, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you, as someone who has now written a Star Wars name, how do you come up with the, the names of the planets? This this is just a thought that popped in my head. If I'm reading the Thrawn trilogy and some of those uh-huh. planet names, I am not sure where. I, I feel like they put a hand into a Scrabble bag sometimes. <laughs> it sometimes gets to be a little bit much because there are so many names. Um, I try to, to play around with it and add in like little nods to things that I liked. Um, there's some planet names that if you switch around a few of the letters, it's my favorite authors um, and oh. favorite manga is in there. Uh, one of my planets in Rebel Rising is Inusagi, and it's a portmanteau of Inuyasha and Usagi from Sailor Moon because those were my favorite enemies. Um, <laughs> I, I did that a lot. Uh, I also have a character named Reese Amps, which is um, 
the, my dog's names are Sirius and Champ. So Reese is Siri switched around and Amps from Champ. So there were a lot of a lot of situations like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I had listened to a um, an interview with uh, Ben Acker and Ben Blacker who wrote Join the Resistance, and they talked the best names ever themselves. Right, Ben Acker and Ben Blacker, and they uh, talked about how they had they did sort of the same thing. They wrote a lot of like uh, location names or little side characters after friends of theirs. Uh, I I love that that is that is stuff that they're obviously fine with with you doing. Uh, just yeah. throwing in these little flavor things that are really personal and people who know you or, uh, or maybe, you know, if you snuck like a friend's name in there, they'll be like, Oh, Hey, that's, I'm part of this world. Yeah. I, I did put in my husband's name as an Imperial soldier and, uh, my son's name is, is slid in there as well. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, I read on your website that sometimes you'll write former students into your books, uh, at their yes. request to die. <laughs> Yeah. First of all, how did that start? <laughs> well, I wrote my first novel when I was a high school English teacher and I had this student who I mean, he was he was a wonderful kid, but he just never shut up ever. <laughs> and my first book was Across the Universe, which is a murder mystery in space. And when you have a murder mystery, you need a murder victim. Um, and I happened to be writing the first murder scene after having had that student for three hours straight. And so I just, I slaughtered him. It was not a pretty death. It was a very brutal murder and it was just so cathartic and I loved it. <laughs> um, and at this time I hadn't had anything published and I didn't know that this book was going to be published. And after it sold, I had to go to the student and, and I was like, look, I just want you to know, I, I killed you a lot in my book. And he just kind of leaned back and he was like, cool and after that word spread and i had i still have students contacting me on facebook today going miss ravis miss ravis will you kill us next <laughs> that is hilarious and awesome so and also it sounds like <laughs> sounds like cheap therapy in some ways you get to Look, you're a teacher you have my permission to kill off any students on paper that you want to <laughs> oh man that is that is so funny so are there any other franchises, uh, you know, you've gotten, you've gotten a crack at Star Wars. Uh, is there any other like franchise that you have like an affinity for that you would love to get a crack at sometime? Yeah, I would really like to write for Doctor Who. Oh. Um, it might break my brain because time travel is hard, but uh, I would love to write for Doctor Who. Yeah, that's one thing. Now that I think about it, I'm sure there's an instance somewhere, but there's not really time travel in Star Wars anywhere, is there? No, I, I don't know if it would fit very well. There'd be too much going back and forth. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess because there's so much locked into canon, you can't really have this sudden butterfly effect change everything. Um, but is there a particular doctor that you would like to write? Oh, David Tennant all the way. Dr. Ten. <laughs> interesting i yeah i i really like david Tennant myself i got involved with eccleston and i thought he had an, an underrated run um, but they did a he lot really of, does. he really did he did yeah we did i mean he was only there for the one the one season to kind of help things get going again and then david Tennant, you know made it this big phenomenon that it was yet again mm -hmm. uh are yeah. you 
Although the new doctor, I think, is going to be quite good. I'm excited I, to see her. I was just about to ask about that. Um, they already had. Did they have the Christmas special already where she debuted, or is that? Yes. 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 I but mean... we've only seen like a very brief image, okay. and then that's it. Like okay. Oh. Because I know, like sometimes in the past, they'll have an extra one or two minute segment where the characters, you know, where they kind of let you get a feel for the new Doctor before making you wait another five months to see them again. Uh, where did your love for Doctor Who start with this this um, revival that happened uh, early or late two thousands, or was it? a love for the older stuff as well. It, it started with the revival um, in part because where I grew up was very rural and we didn't have much television. We only had three channels on an antenna. Um, so <laughs> growing up, we didn't have that luxury. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel that. I remember the first day that we got cable in my house and it was a, a, a strange moment of celebration that <laughs> how much was going on in the world. It's uh, awesome. My parents didn't get it until after I graduated high school. I mean, we we had the ability, but they just were like, "Oh, you don't need television." <laughs> like I beg to differ. <laughs> well, I mean, look, all that time uh, reading and using your imagination has gotten you to this point. So that's true. I'm not going to tell my mother that, but that's true. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. I, I'll, your secret is safe with me. Okay. Yes, and all the followers of the podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'm. Yeah. I am, mom. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure your mom's not one of our listeners, but if she is, um, please do. She doesn't do. know what a podcast is, bless her. <laughs> uh, my, my parents will be like, I'm going to give it a listen. I'm like, no, you're not. You don't understand how this works. <laughs> and also, I say stuff on here I don't want you to hear. Please don't. Yes. <laughs> do your, have your parents read uh, your writing? Yes, they they are so sweet. They have read every single thing I've written. Um, even the my first book, Across the Universe, had a very girly kind of cover where there's two people romantically kissing. And yes, my father worked one. at a lumberyard, and he sat there at the lumberyard with a seat propped up on logs and was reading this girly kissing cover book. So <laughs> they're very proud. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. Uh, but that's that sweet. That's great that they're so uh, so supportive. Yeah. Kind of circling back to comics a little bit, now that you have a, a taste for it, would you write another comic? Oh, oh yeah. I, I'm sure that I'm annoying IDW at this point because I keep writing in new proposals. I'm like, wait, what else can I do? Yeah, I, I just I really, really loved uh, working with it. And I can, I'm still like pitching to IDW new ideas because it was a great experience. And I loved seeing my words come to life as images. Like that was a magical thing that I never really visualized how cool that would be to see. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. With, with that. So when, when you were writing, did you work, uh, did you, did you just write a script and send it off to the artist or did you guys have some communication on layout and all that? Uh, yeah, I wrote the script and I was able to put in um, within the confines of the script, like some ideas for the layout. And I tried to not dictate too much to the artist because I'm a big believer in letting the artist do the art and everybody has their role to play. But there were a few scenes where I was like, I think it should look like this or this. And on those scenes, Valentina, the artist who, who drew for the comic, she, it's like she pulled the images right out of my brain. It was amazing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh 
are, is there any series aside from Star Wars that you would like to write? And I'm assuming the number one on the list would be Doctor Who, because there are Doctor Who comics floating around <laughs> out there. There are, and I would really, really like to write those. Um, I would also like to write something, um, like I would love to see some of my original work turned into comics. I have some oh. short stories that are kind of like a Philip K. Dick twisted oh, cool. uh, Twilight Zone sort of vibe, and I would love to see that happen. And like it's a sort of pie in the sky dream that I get to do something like that or write a graphic novel. That would be awesome. That that would be really cool. Uh, would you like to yeah. see like you know the the across the universe series adapted as a graphic novel? I would love for everything I ever write to be adapted as a graphic novel. <laughs> I'm I'm sure. Yeah, it was it was it's just such a neat process because. For author, I, I just work with words, and sometimes I don't always have visuals or, or I don't know how detailed a visual can be. And so seeing an artist make that come to life is, is the best feeling in the world. Now, did you, writing out, like, the action and all that, did you, uh, how detailed did you get, is I guess sort of my question. Did you, like, feel yourself ever kind of slipping into, like, novelist tendencies, or did you kind of, like, back <laughs> off and... And, you know, you informed it bare bones to see what the art would dictate. I tried to be bare bones. Uh, there were a few instances where I got very specific. Like um, in the beginning of the comic, Ahsoka is fighting with Barisafi. And I have a very detailed, like in this scene, Ahsoka needs to roll away from the lightsaber in this way. Because at the end of the novel, when she's fighting the villain of the story, she copies that move. And so I wanted to kind of show, like, visually, she learned in this practice session and then incorporated that move in the end. So in those instances, I was very specific. I was like, whatever you do, they, they need to match up those two where she's training, using her training, it needs to match. Um, but beyond that, I tried not to be too detailed to, to artists and to explore the story in her own way. Okay. That's, I mean, that that's awesome. That's great. <laughs> Obviously, a big thing in comics is like superhero comics and, and sort of like the big mm -hmm. two. Would you ever see yourself writing a superhero comic? Yeah, I think there was, there would be some. Uh, I, the superhero comics that I'm most attracted to are the ones that kind of turn the idea of what it is to be a hero on its head. Like hmm. Jessica Jones or the ones where the hero fails in terms of power, but they have to like come back in another way. So I, I could definitely see myself doing something like that. Yeah. There is actually been sort of the last few years, you know, we've seen kind of all the big stories of people with superpowers punching one another. Um, yeah. So there's now been this sort of push for different stories where, like you said, where power is explored in these different ways. Uh, and there yeah. was there was this great series that ran for a number of years about the character of Hawkeye at Marvel, which was actually a lot of it was about his day to day life. And there's a whole issue yeah. just about his dog from the perspective <laughs> of his dog. Um, I think, yeah, there really is a a desire for that in uh, in comics and just in storytelling in general. And another thing Hawkeye does great is the comedy like it including these moments of levity and sarcasm within the greater world of saving the world. Like that's brilliant. Yeah. 
<laughs> not for sure. We definitely, uh, we definitely need more levity in the world. I think we can all <laughs> agree on that, especially in our, our entertainment and comic books. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I can't think of, I mean, you've, you've given a lot of great information. Uh, thank you so much okay. for, uh, for talking with me here is now just kind of wrapping down. Is there anything that you want to promote? Any, anything you just want to plug? Um, people, you know, fans of our podcasts are typically comic book fans. Um, so, you know, if there's just, just sort of a quick rundown of, of your other work out there. Um, yeah, if if you are a fan of the Padme and Ahsoka comic, I really encourage everyone to check out Rebel Rising. It's a novel instead of a comic, but I do really like comics, so I think <laughs> I try to keep a lot of the action that comes from comics within my own writing um, and keep it really dynamic. So definitely check out Rebel Rising, and you can find out about all my other books at BethRevis.com, and I should have a few more coming this fall that will be announced soon. I... I called you Beth Revis at the beginning, and I apologize so much for that. Oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> Everyone does it. I don't even blink because it's always – people say it differently all the time. I, I, do you ever get, like, announced at panels, and they call you Beth Revis, and you're just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it, it happened. Yeah, every single time. Every time. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I, I do understand that pain. My last name is in, impronounceable to a lot of people. <laughs> or they, they add letters randomly into it. I – if I had a dollar for every time I've been called Blue Xander in my life, I would be a rich man. I don't I don't know where the N comes from. Um, I think that I would have probably called you that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's fine. I'm used to it at this point. I used to be really stringent on correcting everyone. And, you know, I'm almost 30 now. Oh, yeah. And at this point, I just, whatever. Uh, well, yeah, thank it's you. It's my husband's name. I don't care if they get it right. Oh, well, there you go. Well, yeah. thank you so much for talking to me today. I really appreciate it. This has been a great conversation. Um, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Oh, and real quick, where can people find you online, uh, website, Twitter, that stuff? I am on almost all social media as Beth Revis. My website is BethRevis.com. I'm on Instagram and Twitter. And on Facebook, I am author Beth Revis. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you very much and have a nice day. Thank you so much. Worst episode ever.